Hello and welcome to episode number five of Midiera Meets, the monthly music podcast where we talk to a wide range of people from the music industry. This month I'm speaking to Mylar Melodies, who's an all-round synth guru, particularly in the modular world. And if you've been on YouTube and you've seen any videos related to synthesizers, you'll know who this guy is. He's also written for a number of music magazines, as well as playing in a synth band of his own. And in his day job, he demos synth products all around the country. I got up with him in his London home to talk about his career and to talk about synthesizers and all kinds of musical things. So let's check it out. Thank you very much for, for talking to me today. No worries. Thank, Thank you, you for having me in my house. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, visi- I'm just doing a tour of people's houses, basically. And interviewing You're basically them. just getting lots of free cups of tea. Free tea, yeah, this is why I'm doing it. Free fine. tea and um, free, free noodling and looking at gear. Yeah. This is what I like Think doing. Think of worse things. Cool. So your uh, alias, Mylar Melodies. Yes. I believe you're um, heavily into modular synths. I am. That's that's what I'm sort of picking up. I'm yeah, I am. I mean you're you're literally framed by them right now, so it's <laughs> like I agree. Although people can't see that. Yeah, I am. I'm like but I I've been making music for like sixteen years. I haven't always been a modular person. Like mm-hmm. so um I started when did I start? I was like sixteen and my like I was quite a late bloomer. I um I can admit to having liked really terrible music when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And like, would, you, would you care to share any of those? Like, I'm fairly sure that at Christmas, I mean, I say this as if it isn't a statement of fact, that I asked for, like, the Mr. Blobby um, and helped to get to Christmas number one because I thought it was crazy and fun, which I think... He was quite funny as a child. I think we're probably similar yeah, age. Yeah. I think I probably liked Mr. Blobby at one time or another. Absolutely. And also, it's like, it's probably quite an electronic record now that I, if I went back and listened to it. I remember it. No, I started hearing it then Mr. when you mentioned Blobby, it. Mr. Blobby, Mr. <laughs> Blobby. That's all I can remember is that they say Mr. Blobby in it. Mm. But, I mean, it's a diabolical piece of music and I apologise, but you can't really... The thing that I wonder about that is like how... Because, you know, your music tastes... I don't know how they form necessarily. And I was just thinking about how, um, why did I like electronic music? I, I mm-hmm. can't give you a good answer for that because I think it's too ingrained. Um, but I wonder that. I don't, do you have any inclinings of why you like electronic Why I like electronic music. Because um, you always know, like, oh, I like know. I like that band. But how did you, why do you have the predisposition to like that band which happens to be do you know what I mean it's yeah like, I think for me it's like an otherworldly thing it's like something that came out of it, it sounds so different from guitar music like hearing things like Laurie Anderson and O Superman as a mm. child and thinking wow that's this is challenging me to listen to I think and and just things like Jean-Michel Jarre yeah. you know like I did used to listen to his his music as a child on cassette and just be like wow I'm in space yeah. I'm in space now I'm flying a that's spaceship that's quite cool that is, you close your eyes and you're like transported that's yeah. nice that's yeah, what music yeah, should yeah. be it's like I don't think we listen to music very productively anymore at least we don't focus on music in the same way yeah also, definitely I'm going on a slight tangent but it's just like it's a shame in a way that it, in an ironic way it's a shame we have such good access to music because it isn't so special when we just it's not so it's harder to find newer things does that make sense because there's such an oversaturation mm. of things our kids gonna have that thing of 
just going, oh my God, the new sound. The magic, the, the magic new sound. Album. I discovered the new sound. It's like, that isn't necessarily, is that going to happen? Yeah. I mean, what, what for you would be those magic sounds? What, what are the salient moments? I, well, all right. So for me, um, uh, one of the things that I've been sort of slightly obsessing about is electro um, and the music. So the first music, when I was 16, like the first music I got into, and we haven't even explained who I am, I suppose, but we can get to that. But um, <laughs> just that go, bit, go yeah, with me. We'll talk go about with me. that at the end. But the, the, the music I got into was like Orbital and Aphex and sort of, all you know, that kind of very electronic, electronic. Um, but... Uh, the thing that's been sort of buzzing me lately in and in, in the thing that I've gotten into the latest is it's like older electro. And I realise actually that when you listen to like Insides by Orbital, that that is that kind of sound. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain, there's basically one EP that if you just listen to that EP, that is exactly what I'm talking about. And it's, yeah. um, it's De Zyklus, D-E-R-Z-Y-K-L-U-S. Um, I don't know if it even has a name, um, but it's the one that's got Foreman van der Welder and Mitzaplik or whatever the heck it's <laughs> called on it as well. Like these are, um, if you just listen to that EP, and I'm sure we can link to it and mm-hmm. all that sort yes, of thing, but um, link to that um, <laughs> and listen to that. It's on everything, like everything is on YouTube. Yeah. There is a sort of sparse bleakness those tunes are so incredible because they are like little jewels they're like swiss watches mm-hmm. in the sense that they're all of them parts are utterly essential and there is nothing superfluous so when, yeah. and, and i had to go quite recently with a friend of mine who was in here and we had to go at recreating one of those tunes and it's really hard to do even though there's only like four elements because mm-hmm. like the pad sound that he, he's using is obviously like a sample and it's a sample of whatever it is, and I have no idea what it was, but if you don't have that exact sample, there are certain harmonics in that sample that when you, you know, and with the chords that he played, it just has this, it's, some of these tunes are so spooky and they they touch on like this impossible emotion. There's like something that I've heard Aphex talk about with his music is like, he says, what I like about the music is invoking a nameless emotion. It's like an emotion that I can't quite put my finger on. Mm-hmm. Is it sad? Is it melancholy? Is it, you know, yeah. and it's, it's almost like the best tunes of that genre are like sort of dreams that you listen to them and they sort of just invoke this like nameless, like almost horror, mm. but it's not horror. It's just like a, a sort of an unknown place. I have a weird like thing in my head, like, do you remember Trapdoor? Yeah. Yes, yeah, plastic. I, mean, I love trap. I love trap. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. did you ever were you ever slightly weirded out by the place that it was set in? Like this, the way it was never named. You never knew where it was, and it was it was not necessarily on Earth. It, yeah, it he was, was like a butler, wasn't he? So there was yeah. a voice that shouted down to him and was Burke, like, "Feed me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, and Burke's like this, like bumbling, charming. It's like a charming show, hmm. but I was always slightly. I was I enjoyed watching it, but I was always marginally disturbed because it is really weird. Yeah. Like there's a lot of quite weird stuff happening. But what I'm trying to get like put my finger on is this unnamed sort of dread based on the setting, which mm. was a place that was never explained and was probably meant to be another dimension. Yeah. And it's it's like that and it's this idea of this unnamed just trying to put your finger on this unnameable dread, which certain bits of art are good at are capable of invoking and definitely there are certain electro tunes that have been 
have kind of struck a chord with me where I'm like, I can't like this is so good, yeah. and this is but this is this is taking me to a place I cannot explain. And I've I've experienced with some TV, but not a lot else. David yeah. Lynch films also kind of get you definitely, get, get yeah, definitely. I know Charlotte Hathaway was talking about um, David Lynch recently, and she mentioned Lost Highway, which for me yeah. is like a great film because it really doesn't make sense. It's sort of about the human mind mm. not remembering things properly and distorting memories and. And different versions of events from different people are totally different. And yeah. I love that film because there's there's no closure in it, and you know that, that's the beauty in it. Like all good Lynch stuff, it's a, it's a mystery, and it's meant to remain a mystery. And you're not supposed to. There's not. There is not an answer. Yes, and David Lynch yeah, doesn't. I think he doesn't like you asking because there isn't one. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's like the salient thing I think you learn when you get older. Is look like wow, everyone's been looking for this answer for so long. The moment you find pieces, when you realise that there is not, there is yeah. not no answer. It's also, like that, and it's also but... nice to be like bamboozled, isn't it? Boring to be given all the answers. I don't want all the answers. I want to be like kept in. I think it's interesting to because then you can have a debate. Yeah, you can't really have a debate when there's an, a right and a wrong answer. Finished. You, yeah, like the end. to a degree, but you. I want there to be no real answer necessarily. And then mm. and then it's up to you to read what you want into it. Surely exactly. that's more gratifying. Yeah. And also it's, it's, it annoys me that people that are annoyed by that because <laughs> then it's just like, it's like, why can there not be art that doesn't have an answer? It's like, why do you need an answer? Isn't it fun to just like, you know, I suppose it's akin to taking drugs and just sort of seeing it's trying to... You know, you're only just trying to replicate the same kind of thing of just trying to like explore possibilities, spaces, and and you know explore your own mind. Hmm. And it's like it's if you're given the answers, you don't get that opportunity to be imaginative anymore. Yeah. You know I mean? just... Do you think then that that's maybe what's appealed to you about modular? Because the making yeah, and and making music in the DAW have this finite beginning and end in a track, don't you? And you yeah. know you've got this five minutes to fill or the six minute, and you can see all the bar differences. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like f- to give a more like specific answer, like that modular there, which is my. So we're looking at like my live. I've got like a two cases which are all strung together as a live system, mm. and that thing. Um, is a good example of it because what you can do with what you can do anything with a modular pretty much because there's like there are so many we're specifically talking about Eurorack modular that there are literally thousands of modules there yeah. is just you can do excuse me anything so the beauty of that is that i mean the bad thing about it is it's really hard to get started because no one knows what to buy because there's too many things to buy but mm-hmm. if you get your head around enough of it you can build anything and that Literally, so you can design your dream music making machine, yeah. Um, and so that is the killer thing. And for me, you've got you've got a much higher chance of achieving flow. You know that whole idea of like the flow state. I.e., I mean that you can get that in a DAW. Don't get me wrong, but a DAW, you know, you've only got that one interaction point of mm-hmm. the mouse and the keyboard. And I think you're limited. It's like trying to, it's the joke about programming like the JV 1080 or something. It's like trying to program, it's like trying to paint a house through a letterbox. It's yeah. what they, they say. As. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, I think it is a bit like that, trying to use a computer. But the, the key thing is that you could, absolutely could, design a computer groove box system and 
design a physical controller to do that and there's i'm surprised not more people are doing that like you should mm. especially when there's quite a lot of modular midi controllers because yeah. if you do do that you can build a system where you can just kind of close your eyes and go on a musical journey and the beauty of that modular case over there is the fact that you can just stand in front of it and it's designed for live improvisational techno music and you can just yeah you in theory should be able to keep playing until power runs out and you turn into like a dried husk. Yeah, yeah, you just you keel just, over on top of like, it and it yeah. still go, it probably go, it's it like, just carry it on. It'll go on. It'll and you on could, if you maybe set up enough of a generative patch, it would just literally carry on playing while you humanity rots and the cockroaches eat you all. Um, yeah, I did. I did want to ask about generative yeah. music. So I mean, we've touched on so many things already. I because I, like for me. Electro music is like my heart and soul of yes. electronic music, yeah. like Africa Bambata and yeah. early yeah. electro the earlier stuff. Electro stuff when it's just an eight oh eight. I was like looking synth. I was on Mixcloud and I was looking for like electro and I think the world has a very different definition of what electro is. Because like electro is like EDM like, I'm like, and horror, yeah. this is not electro. I know, I'm the same as such a purist. It's like, electro no, it has to be have, pre it has, has to, to be pre the nineties. <coughs> it the should have electro. a quadriverb and like a two operator FM pad in it. It's like it's got to have these qualities. Exactly. And be bleak and have like I did see a really good description where someone's like deadpan delivery vocals. I'm like, yes, that is a hallmark of yeah. and cowbells cowbells just like there's also like a lot of playfulness as well especially like yeah it's fun uh, it sounds that, fun and, like. on that same EP there, there are playful tunes are mixed in with the bleakest mm-hmm. the brilliantest bleakest ones but they're all funky as well because there's just that soul there is a huge amount of soul and funk built into them mm. like Bambata is like just pure pure soul and funk so it's it's anything but uh, human it's not electronic it's not a um, machine like you know it is it's like it's such a brilliant marriage because it's you're you're lensing like afro funk through this like rigid japanese technology and it's like but yet yeah the, the human quality will always it does prevail it's like and that's the best thing it's like you know these are just tools And also about Aphex Twin and um, yeah. uh, uh, the ambient works, all that stuff. It, it does evoke. I was listening to it at work yesterday, mm. and it does evoke uh, f- an odd feeling. Like I'm not feeling happy. There's there's mm. there's one. Ch- what is it? It's blurred stone or, or something right. like that, or stone. Any of the names of them? No, neither do I. But I only know because <laughs> I would, focus or whatever it is. Yeah, stone in focus. That's stone the one. Focus, that's it. Yeah, yes. yeah. And um, it's just like three chords the whole way through, yeah. and they're all very different oh, feelings yeah. each of these chords, and it goes round those. Three the whole time and the first chord's lovely it's really warm and it sounds great and you sort mm. of get encapsulated by it and the second one's like mysterious but then the third one's like really cold and dark but then so you like it it's this weird circle yeah, it yeah. just occurs and like which one is the first one and which one's the last mm. one oh, that it definitely does evoke selected ambient works too i mean that is to shout that out as well is a really good example of that unnameable emotion thing like mm-hmm. it's so good like, holy crap, there is some stuff on that where I'm just like, 
I don't know, how did you even write this? Yeah. Like, how does a person even write this? Is that the one with Heliospan? Is, is that on the second no, one? No, I think that, first? isn't that on the first one? Yeah. Oh, so, okay. uh, particular, I mean, Select Dynamic Works 1 is an excellent Electro record as well. Like, that is a very much in the vein of Electro that we were talking about as well. It doesn't really get credited mm-hmm. as an Electro album, I don't think. But, but yeah, 2 is, is, for Unnameable Emotions, is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, made with, like... Also, another great thing as well to shout out about Selecting Element Works 1. So I was talking, um, tweeting about it, and um, Zoe Blade, who does um, Transistor Sounds Labs, um, she was talking about how um, she's a big nerd about Aphex and was like, kind of done a lot of research and knows, knows this stuff, that basically nothing on that album is, or very little of it is probably analog. That, like, the drums are... You know, there's evidence to point because you can hear the drums being pitched up and down that it's mm. not an 808. Yeah, and you wouldn't have had a, it was like an R8, which is like the sort of digital. Yeah, I had sample. an R8, it's such a yeah. great piece of gear. And it's supposed to be amazing. I've never tried one, but it's oh, like fantastic. The, the really point is, good. it's not it's not a sexy machine, and it's not no it's one's a brick. Yeah, it's a brick. The velocity pads are horrible. Mm-hmm. There's like no, they're velocity sensitive, but there's no like um, what's it called travel on them. There's no travel, so it's like you're just hitting a concrete slab. It's just like um, differently but breaking it has... your finger more or less depending on how. Yeah, in actual fact, one of my first and most popular YouTube videos even now is me <clears> dicking about on an R8. Yeah. For the same reason that I read about the way you started off making YouTube videos, which is because you wanted to sell it. I was trying to sell some. So gear. yeah, <laughs> it, it, that's exactly how I did it. I was like, wow, that's weird. Let's get rid of this. I just made those videos to get to sell it. And it turns out, you know, they like take on a life of their later, own. It's like tens of thousands of views for yeah. you just for a little eBay thing that you really regretted selling ten yeah, years later. Then you watch the video, you're like, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was good. Actually. I was good then. That was good. But it's the point. All I'm saying is like, if you're at all interested in the modular thing, is it's very likely you don't need to build a modular synth, and it'll only. Well, actually, here's some caveats. Well, one one bit of advice, and, and actually one of the things about building that that live system. What was really great about building the live system was it reminded me that modular is great if you've got a purpose. Mm-hmm. That I wanted to make a live modular <clears throat> techno system, so I built one. If you just get into it because it's cool and everyone's doing it, you'll waste a lot of money and feel... You might not. You might find a purpose, mm-hmm. but you you should have a purpose. And like a goal to, or, or a like goal. something that you want to achieve system, with Because it. you're becoming yeah. the system designer. Like when you design a modular synth, you effectively become a synth designer and you get... It's, it's one of the funnest things. You get to spec it up and you get to say, oh, this is the ergonomics and this is how it will look and this is the chassis it will be in and these will... You can change the knobs. This is the aesthetic it will have. Mm. So you get to play God and make your ultimate synth, which is it very is appealing. It's a little bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's it a bit like exactly Championship manager for synth. It's exactly that. <laughs> but it's like if you don't have a plan, you know, you are gonna, you know, get relegated. I think it's that's just... <laughs> I think that's a good point. I've never and I and I know people who fall into both camps. Yeah. Um I watched recently I know you talked about Surgeon being someone who who really yeah, inspires he's a, he's you modular wise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember seeing him at House of God a long, long, long time ago, like and yeah. he was layering stuff up in Ableton then mm. and even then it was like wow he's brilliant and now obviously he's reverted almost totally to exclusively fully, like, to, to modular, to modular. Yeah. but yeah he said the same thing about like 
giving himself a limit in terms of like the case size. Did you watch that the Bristol? Yes, like, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. really. You know, I think that's such that a was great a great. Point. It was a really like, good point. If you want to put something in, you got to take something out. It's great. Um, because that's... I know people who just get case upon case upon yeah. case upon. You're case. doing it for the wrong reasons and... because the, the the point with the live thing is if you're doing it properly, you. You only add a case because you know what the thing you need to add is. Do you know what I mean? You, mm. like, you are not going to just arbitrarily add stuff because it looks cool. Mm. And that's what I mean about it being so so like gratifying. And, and, and it, it kind of renewed my love of modular again because I was like, oh, like, honestly, like the other big case you see there largely exists to house modules that I make videos about. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much why it's it there. It's very impressive. It's uh, visually very impressive, but it's not um it's not a system. I mean it kind of is. You can sort of see that there's some semblance of design. Mm -hmm. But the live thing is like, okay, I need this because I need to do that. Yeah. So how am I gonna solve that problem? Oh, 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 hell, there is a module which does that or there's something that's similar and I'll try it and then I'll go down a garden path. And it's like if you have a purpose, it's really good. If you don't have a purpose, it's it's a waste of money mm. and it will just frustrate you. And I th Yeah, I think that's definitely a, a, a salient point. And all I would say just to be constructive is that what you might want to consider doing, if you want to make a groove box specific, specifically, um, buying a modular is expensive. There are so many really amazing boxes mm -hmm. that you can get the same experience, i.e. Volkers. Volkers, yeah. Volkers. The OP-1. OP-1. Teenage Engineering yeah, OP-1. It's sort of like a modular, yeah. it's a whole thing in itself, isn't it? Digitact. A Digitact. Just that would mm. be an amazing thing to, like, would give you a lifetime of ideas to explore it's really well made and it sounds amazing. Yeah. It's great. And I'd actually, when I was playing on the Digitact, I was like, God, like, genuinely a little bit, I'm like, why am I even bothering with the module? <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. like, this is, this is the, the experience that I've been looking for mm. because it's, it is that, like, wordless flow state. And I'll go here, now I'll go there, and I'll just be, I'll be this, like, lightning rod mm. to just make music. And it's yeah. like being a conduit, which is what you want. Like, I think you want to just not be thinking and you just want to be... Definitely, especially all like with clunky design, like like the sort of eighties black boxes, which <clears throat> you and I both own. Yes, so difficult to program. So yeah, the user actually, interface so is terrible. And I going along the I menus. honestly don't use them much. It's like I don't use them a huge amount of my music making process. Yeah, I'd like to, but I will. I will approach that in a more practical way. So, like one of my next ideas is I want to use Push, which is uh, Push is amazing, and mm. that's a like if you if you are married to the computer like just get a push honestly like it's amazing because yep. it's like a circlon or one of these hardware sequences it's like using an mpc in the sense that you can create that flow state you can just make music with that interacting with that piece of hardware mm -hmm. you don't have to look monitors the computer yeah. is turned off, off. you You've might have well high resolution yep. screen and it's yes there is a screen but it's it's just enough information to to give you what you need not to not be because the, the poison of a screen is that you just end up staring and you you almost visually led i'm quite a visual person you become visually led by the blocks mm -hmm. and you're not listening yep. like yep, i mean there definitely. are certain tenets like you should say you should like close your eyes when you um play back like mm -hmm. you should in fact i did see someone had done like a max for live thing which 
makes the screen go black. I think oh, when, you, when you hit play, maybe there is, there is also an on-off button. I don't know if people are aware. Of that. Yeah, well, <laughs> so that's a bit of patching time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did exactly have that question about the essential element of music is the sound, really, isn't it? it is. So perhaps that's the the appeal of modular is that you are getting Absol- yeah, you, the sound. You just you, you, it is a way of making music where you're not you're not being basically led by the same bad habits that you developed over years of using a computer. And it's just, a, mm. it was probably the same reason that, well, maybe not, but you could make a slightly sketchy argument that people left hardware because there were habits that they had. And we're always just looking for something new because, mm. I mean, we crave novelty, but you could also say it's just like, oh, it, if I get that new thing, it will like invigorate my process. I'll be able to do so much more. It's that sort of hollow promise. But yeah. certainly I've definitely gotten into habits with, DAW-based computer music making, which could be broken by different systems. You know, mm. and, and that, or if you work with someone else, for example, and you see their processing, oh, that's yeah. a good way of working. I'm I like always the way that they've done yeah. that, and you start to. Well, in in magazines, I'm always interested in those like artist interviews because I'm, I'm most interested to hear how they make music mm-hmm. and like what is the process by which they start. That is always quite interesting. It's like how do you yeah. start a track? And I, I would love like genuine my little like sort of fantasy that I like keep in my head is like imagine like <laughs> if they did like one of those feature music in the studios with Aphex, Aphex and I could yeah. just sit and watch and him. he didn't bullshit it yeah and it yeah, really was just like a hidden camera <laughs> and it was just Richard making some tunes and I think it I reckon actually it would be like oh oh really I don't know I just, I'm not sure like, I want to see I want to see him compose I, I don't want to see it you know, I'll, I'll be honest I wouldn't want to see that I definitely want to see it I 100% want to see it I don't want, want the it. magic to be like I want him to be there's no magic it's just but I just want to see how he like I want to see him fleshing out a melody and going hmm and can he play the keyboard do you reckon he can really play because he all the piano pieces are disclavier it's like mm-hmm. it's all midi but do you reckon he did play them and then tighten it up can he did he feel out the chords how did he do it can he actually I, play the piano can I he play these like keyboards to speculate i think he can i i, I know that, that he's sort lessons? of not no one's asking i don't that, think I don't he's think. classically trained but yeah i don't know i don't, there's so many questions about him i think that's why He's he's so heralded because he's, he's still, still this figure of enigma, yeah. and he's huge. You know, like I think I yeah. I don't know if I would want to see him in the studio. I it's a good point. Would. I would <laughs> definitely that. I would. would. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, the visual not having the visual element is good. What about things like um, reactable? And have you have you? I have. have you tried that? Nah, not, well, I've seen one, but I just think those things are kind of gimmicky because they're too limited. That you can't. The be- like maybe I'm being I'm selling them short, but I mean those things, I think they're good, but I just think they're a poor substitute to like a proper groove box or something. Like you could have like if the aim of the game is to have a really is to just make music in a flowing, free form way, mm-hmm. then you might. It, well, it doesn't matter what you do it with. I just don't. I think a React table is just not going to give you that. I think it's too limited. There's there's just basically basic melodies and maybe a sort of basic beat you need more control than that yeah but there is a point where you don't want to have too much control like mm. there are like euro rack modules that i resent for having too many controls <laughs> like literally i you know and it's they're you, like the black boxes of the 80s yeah, aren't they you like, just like give me what's well, like the dx7 if you if you like blow up in a dx7 it's got like a hundred and whatever it is 128 parameters that can mm. be controlled it's i like, have made a software editor for the dx7 uh, yeah, so I've got you, them all on how many screen. is it then? No, you <laughs> i don't know i always do it I, I religiously do it for my my 80s black boxes i just make editors for them but i'm so tired of the yeah, freaking like, man here and but all then that the volker volker fm is a good example of that's how to distill 
a, a sort of classically difficult editing design, a difficult UI mm-hmm. into just whatever it is, five knobs or simplicity. Six, yeah. Simplicity. It is really good. And it's, well, that <clears> works <throat> really well with the RP as well, which yeah. is, it works fantastic. Plug for the, the RP there, yeah. Little plug for the RP, yeah. Little Want to ask you what 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 would be the core elements for you? Not not necessarily like the the ones that you like best or anything, yeah. but in a modular setup for you, what are the core elements that somebody would need to purchase in starting off? So how as in is the question like how do you get started, or what is the most interesting stuff? Or what? no, like, <clears throat> what do you what would you require to to have something that will make you beat a synth Ooh, line yeah. and a bass line? <clears throat> What ele- what core elements would you need in a modular? Well, to be if you, if you are thinking about getting an actual modular modular, you should <clears throat> you should get the synth bit because to make a drum machine a modular drum machine is a bit. There are some like integrated like drum modules like the little drummer boy, which is like a bunch of of like sounds in one module. But I think it's just mm. not a great sounding thing. You'd be way better off getting like a TR eight or whatever you know, getting a drum machine drum machine, mm-hmm. and then just build your synth groove box to to do that um or you could get like and this is just spitballing here but you could get like a um a generative basically the drum sound should be in another box don't get a eurorack one but build a synth like mm-hmm. because the, the the synth voice stuff is the most it's the thing that most people i think get into eurorack for is building like a rad analog synth voice that you can mangle and push around um and it, it, you're just going to have a more gratifying time if you do that first, because to build a drum machine by nature involves having a lot of modules. And there's a lot of really good, affordable drum modules, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, you can get the tip-top 808 bass drum and hats and the snare drum, and that'll probably cost you 350 quid, but you might as well just get a TR-8, because then you've got a drum sequencer. Um, yeah. Or get like a Beatstep and- Pro. And then, but I, all I'm saying is that the, to get the drum sounds is a bit prohibitive and it's not likely it's going to be what you would first do. You should just stick to, to like standalone boxes for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can build a, a voice. That would be a valid thing to do, but it's just then what voice do you build? And it's like... Choosing a filter, uh, choosing a oscillator. I would just be led by, uh, I don't know. Like all I, I would, like some tenets to say is that there's no such thing as a bad oscillator. That's just, I've never, you know, it's not me who said this, but like, I've never heard an oscillator I didn't like. I, I, I really, really, really don't think you should sweat tremendously about your VCOs and just try and find like the cheapest, like ones you can get, like buy the old dope for ones, like the A110. They sound really good. Mm-hmm. Like, and they've got, the A110's got octave switches, which so many of them don't. And it's so nice to be able to flick octaves up and down. It's yeah, just, all the just classic like, synths have that, don't yeah, they? Immediately. Like, just... And then it's just like, boom, now it's a bass synth, like for live. Like, I would love that on all of my oscillators. I bought a module specifically that shifts things up and down by octaves, like mm-hmm. the Beast shortboard, just because that is a, a killer feature. Um, so just get the dope for one and then just get like a the dope for filter that most appeals to you because they're all cheap like they're all 60 70 80 quid and there's kind of a dope for filter for every classic synth and it's like sh101 uh there <laughs> is not actually a, do you know what there isn't a cascaded like ota 
That's a very good point. That's my favourite film. A million other people. My favourite film. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, but for don't actually do. I mean, there are a bunch of people who do like specific rolling filters, like the I've got one. This one I've been playing with is the Jove, which mm-hmm. is like the Jupiter Six. So it's System Eighty Jove. That's the guy who's making like the Eurorack Eight Hundred Eight as well, like um, an analog. You're really? Right. Yeah, because like, I'm. I saw in an interview you mentioned you have a Yocto. Is that right? Yeah. Is I, that the 808? I have a broken Yocto because I've not built it yet. Um, wow. Yeah, you can see the chassis. Uh, where, I love it. I, I just thought it? it was such a great device when I saw it. It's where, where the hell is it? But I, I, that literally jumped out of the page. I was reading the interview. I was like, oh, whoa, Yocto, no <laughs> way. Because someone's asked me to build a Yocto, yeah. the 909 and the 808 for them. I've literally but lost they've, it. They've yeah. been out of stock for so long. It's and it. Literally, where is it? I think it may be in the corridor or something. Oh, okay. It's corridor of uncertainty. Yeah. I mean, it's as you can see, I have very few surfaces, and it's like very little free time, like the video stuff, to like solder it. But I, yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. all the bits. It's ridiculous. I have just, you? yeah, I, I need nice. to just do it. It's just, um, and I'm really well, just... genuinely excited about having that. Like that's a thing I want. To, when I have that, I'm just like. My electro, my electro decom- dream is just like complete. I've got a DX7, yeah. I've got like SH101 modules like the Atlantis, you know, um, and then I'm basically, you know, I'm James Stinston, Gerald Donald. It's <laughs> just like I just need to like have the funk. That's all. Yeah. Um, Which will probably, yeah. I mean that that's a. I mean, there's a lot of soldering in there, isn't it? I think yeah, when when the guy asked me to do it, I did email them and say how long is it going to be, and they were. Like to solder it's like 40 hours yeah. of, of soldering or someone something. said it's kind of like on and off for about a month yeah I think that's cool it's like and I've, I've equated it before it's like it's like uh, having you're building your own lightsaber because like, <laughs> yeah. they like cook their own like whatever the crystal kyber crystals you've got to cook them you've got to know how it's done and then you've got, then you've got your own lightsaber and you become a Jedi warrior it's the yeah. same thing with like the electro dream it's like to become an electro god you must first construct your 808 um, I mean, yeah. probably otherwise you would have to go on a pilgrimage to like a pawn <laughs> shop in Detroit, Detroit and <laughs> yeah. like find it. And like this guy will be like... Some guy gives you some sort of... Like, ah, interested in the old stuff. <laughs> ah, well, come right through here, young man. I have something that <laughs> may interest you. <laughs> it's like, it's only five dollars. It's like, oh my God, it's an 808. But it's like, you've got to leave a part of your soul... Or like put a part of your soul in the 808 for it yeah, to, yeah you've got to give like. up something to to get yeah. it like your vision yeah. for the next 50 years or something let's talk shall we about um your work for future music and yes. sound on sound yeah tell me a little bit about what you do for them and so well i don't i'm not sort of i've stopped doing it um but uh, for a time i was just well Initially, I wrote a big big ass article for sound on sound which was actually like the front cover article for sound on sound in like wow, april 2013 so it's yeah like, i've been reading it and it's like <laughs> that is like that was like when i saw that i was like oh my god <laughs> this is amazing it is yeah Just it's, it's a really good achievement yeah, it's yeah. like I, you know, I read Sound Up, but to be honest, actually, the mag I read when I was just starting out, when I was 16 and getting into this stuff, was Future Music. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it was like more of a buzz to my 16-year-old self to, to like, write. So for a, like a half a year or so, I was doing videos and like modular reviews for Future Music. And I also got to wrote, write an article, a little piece about the Juno 60 as well and stuff like that. So just doing a bit of writing just from knowing mm-hmm. some of the people who write for it. Um, but that was pretty, it was like, there was a sense of, like achievement unlocked 
when it's like mm. you think I when a little 16 year old oik like learning about the Novation Nova and like putting together a shopping list of like synths and stuff and like f- like studiously reading this stack of future musics that I had mm. it's like now I write for that you know I have written words for that magazine I made demos you know, I remember listening to those demo CDs and I'm like recording a module that I had to do a thing and like printing out like eight mad things and just thinking people are going to be listening to this. And like, I remember like... People who know their shit. People who know their shit. Like, <laughs> or just people, or people who don't know their shit. Or people oh, who are like... True, yeah, absolutely, both. People who are just like, who will be hearing this stuff, hopefully getting that kind of thing we were talking about where it's like, you know, the kids hearing new sounds. It's like you hope that someone's going to hear it and be like, oh, my God, like that thing's like, what the hell? Mm. Like, I, re- I still remember listening to the Kawai K4, K5000 demo that was on a future, one of the future music CDs. Mm. And I can't remember what the sound was specifically, but I remember there was some sounds on that, like the little CD. I listened to that. I was like, oh, my God, like that machine make some truly otherworldly sounds yeah. like that does not sound like anything else i've heard or anything else full stop and I, i'm pretty sure the k5000 is still well thought of as like a core i think it's, is it add, it's additive isn't it it's like uh i don't know i don't yeah. i'm not i don't know it because uh, kawaii oh. kawaii is like one of those brands that just do not it's never been sexy yeah <clears throat> yeah 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 but they they made some cool weird things like yeah the K, i had a k4r for a while which was like a wavetable sort of synth which was decent i don't know why i got rid of that Mm. Okay. I think there's a rule that like one in five people has to own one kawaii, kawaii device, device at some point, and, and 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 specifically talk about it when you go around because I know everyone who's had yeah. one has been like, oh yeah, it's the K one. No one's got the... one now, have they? Do you know? Actually, also with the kawaii trip, um, one of the great like electro like spooky sounds, like you know LFO and LFO, LFO yes. you know, like Put it on vinyl, yeah, yeah, you know that weird like the the opening chords, like the like that weird ethereal haunting sound. Mm-hmm. That's a Kawaii K1R, is it? And that's a preset. I was gonna, yeah, that's I was gonna a say, preset. Is it a, or like the booting up sound. <clears throat> well, I heard like there is a link I can find for you where you can go, and it was like a demo record for the K1R, and there's a. There's one of the sounds on there. When you hit play, it plays not only the like sound that is on LFO, LFO, but the exact synth line as well. And I'm like, hang on, is that just like four wavetables with a bit of like spacing on the timing? And actually, when you hold a note, it literally plays those four notes in yeah. succession, mm-hmm. which is to say so that not only is it a preset, but even the melody was a preset. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the melody is baked into the sound. It does. I I think that's a really satisfying moment when, as a synth enthusiast, you listen to a track and you go, "Boom! I know it. Boom! I know that one. Got it." Or if you know, like, "Oh, that's a preset," and you go, "Oh, fuck! He's a preset. Really? What the fuck?" You know, like the. um, Well, it's also like when you hear a sample and it's you know like something that you've heard in an old hip hop record or something, and then suddenly Mm. you're like there's like radio twos on in the background and they're playing something. And then suddenly just like, there's a breakdown for like two, 1.7 seconds. You just hear the sampling. Like, Oh my God, that's so-and-so. And you have this weird, like deja vu sensation. You're like, I know that. 
Yeah. But I only know that one bit. And you're like, oh, that's that's from that record. It's like, yeah, the best a, example of oh, go on. Yeah, no, give me an example. That's, that's it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't gonna, think of any examples. The best example is that there's a vinyl called English with a dialect. No, British with a dialect, or is it called English with a dialect? It's a vinyl yeah. of of regional accents all around the UK. That would be. I love that. And one of those is in Yorkshire. And it's a guy going, mashed potato. Mashed potato. Like Why, don't, Why you don't, like don't you like mashed, mashed potato? Mashed potato. And yeah, I, I, exactly. I bought it from a charity shop and I was listening to it and I was going, oh my God, oh I my recognize God. that. It's all about mashed perfect. potato. And then, yeah, yeah. I, I like, yeah, a few mashed, years later it came potato. back. Mashed potato. Like, no way. <laughs> mashed potato. Yeah, it's English with a dialect. And I think Amazing. I now own like two copies of that of that record, having seen it and gone, do I just buy it every like time I see it Beat juggling with. Potato. 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 Yeah, with different regional accents. Yeah, I so, would I would like that. I do a big fan of regional accents. Let me see. Do you have a record collection? Do you collect? Records? I do not collect records. Oh, okay. No. Let I me see not. if I have I two actually, copies. I'll send I own you one. one. I do own Amen Brother. I did buy that, and I've like given it to my brother, who does have a record collection. My brother's like a DJ, um, but mm-hmm. um, I, I was just like, I want to own a copy of Amen Amen Brother. Mm. to have it to the break yeah. I want to have the thing I want to play it and I want to I was then going to like do a really really HD rip of it <laughs> and then just be at least if I rinse this break it's my copy and not just that crappy one that I've downloaded off the internet yeah, everyone's yeah. got that wave file I really like there was someone who did a um, a wooden sculpture of the waveform the Amen Break as oh, a waveform yeah. yeah, carved as a, and I was like wow that's such a fantastic thing It's so because t- it's a waveform made out of like an organic object and it's such a classic waveform you can almost look at it and go oh it's the amen break you know it's, no, I recognize it's that shape. Yeah. For, for the really nerdy people it's one of them ones um break meisters cool so you now you now uh you now live in london fox you see a little fox on the thing yeah well that's that's the sign that i live in london is there's foxes fox literally is. at the window yeah um, they're they're looking at they're on up your gear i think they i think do, they might yeah, be sort of like, Ooh, have a go on that make some <laughs> little foxy breaks the um yeah i do live in london but i'm from yorkshire mm-hmm. originally that's not i i sort of don't sound like it I've you got don't know weird don't. slightly southern affected thing but i think that's why i was talking about accents it's just like accents that i'm gonna try and sound more you north. can you can go back into like, it, i can go back now. into it like i don't I, I, no, I'm, I'm going to leeds now like, sound like div kid <laughs> but yeah like but that's not my you know, my voice I don't sound like that and i've spent too long in london and i've spent too long sat next to people who are from london mm-hmm. so it's sort of that like lilt you like take it on but i think it's I don't know if it, I blame partly like being into sound and things like that because I just I can't help but absorb like someone's accent. Do you mm. not have that? Like, mm. do we not all have that to some degree? Absolutely, yeah. And like, also- it is a known thing that like rap, part of rapport is assuming the other person's both body, like you know the way they're holding themselves, mm-hmm. blinking patterns, and like speech cadence and stuff like that you know definitely that, that is a part of a conversation it's like you know, Absolutely. that's what we're doing right now and it's like literally but so therefore if you do it long enough you do you know like people who move to australia they pick up the like going up at the end like that <laughs> whole thing it's like you can't help it and then like i know family friends who've moved to canada and stuff and they're they're, they're already like well in fairness it's been here a few years but mm-hmm. they're getting that lilt you just can't yeah. help but suck it up that whole like but yeah. yeah, I think I think it, that's one. It's like a, a thing of being amiable a little bit as well, yeah. isn't it? It's being with people and and adopting a little bit of what they do yeah. in order to yeah like, make like them more comfortable. If you go to America, like you would you would sort of say cell phone. Like I do say that. Like I went 
You know, I was in America very recently. I was like, you say cell phone because if you just say <laughs> mobile phone. Although with that said, like, no, it's a mobile actually. It's, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to. Re- we invented the language. <laughs> I'd, I'd appreciate it if you spoke it. <laughs> and you're going to speak it yeah, properly. Speak it prop. But the... do, you, do, you're doing it an injustice. Actually, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not a couch. You don't want to be difficult. But I'm, I'm going to correct you on that. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got to. Um, yeah, like I did. I, it was funny. I was like, I was talking. I asked a question to an American who kind of. I asked him like a question about completely about electronic music equipment that we were talking about, and the person just sort of stared at me for a moment. He said, "I'm really sorry." He was like in an American accent, I'm not, which I'm not going to do. But he, he was like, "Do you ever get this thing like when?" people in another accent speak to you like you're just compelled to answer in their accent <laughs> i think but i was like not really not really sure what you're talking about mate like to that extent but i think it was just i think for americans the english accent is i've been reading a bit about that like maybe that partly mm. attributes my success on like youtube and things it's like the, this voice like Hello, I'm English. I'm here to tell you about synthesizers. Exactly. <laughs> Would you like exactly. to know about that? It's like... it, uh, I lived in Brazil for a year as well, and they uh, if you if they love it in America, then in Brazil they're like they, they go more. wild for it. You know the video Charlie bit my finger. Yeah. I remember they'd just be like, Oh go on, just say just say Charlie bit my finger in your really? lovely British accents. They just They love it more. They it's they in Brazil they love it, yeah. They love the way we pronounce the T, you know, we're sort of it's very sort formal of. and articulated. How, well, how do they because, pronounce T's in Brazil? Uh, well, if they were speaking in English, they'd just use an American accent. They'd say butter. 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 Whereas I'm there going, butter. could you pass the butter, please? Butter. You sound like we're in Hogwarts. <laughs> butter. But there's a really good episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, okay. Uh, where Shaquille O'Neal, for some reason, is, is is pronouncing the word butter in English. And, and there's no explanation butter. why. <laughs> he's American, but he's pronouncing it with a T. And, butter. Um, butter. It's just a... Brilliant detail. <laughs> cool. So I th- the first time we met was um, you were doing some, showing off some lovely Moog synthesizers. Moog stuff. Yeah. Moog, 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 sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay, right. right. The Americans will be very upset. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yes, I was. Yeah. 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 That's like day job stuff, like showing off. Um, but yeah, it was, um, we were there with James Wiltshire talking about synths, mm. showing people synths. It's fun doing the whole, like, doing it face to face is also very fun and gratifying. The, to go on a slight tangent, which doesn't really, although I hope for that's what you were up for. But um, I did a show in Yorkshire, up it, actually very close to my parents' house, um, but at this Deer Shed Festival, um, which was brilliant, actually, because it was like, it was basically the guys from Deer Shed, it's like a family festival up in up in Moldersby, up in Yorkshire, North Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they basically wanted because of the videos wanted me to come and talk about modular synths to okay. kids so it's a super family friendly festival it's like literally pretty much exclusively families and their kids so like anywhere from you know well babies to sort of 10 year old 15 year olds or you know thereabouts and it was really like it was incredibly fun to show kids how to use a modular synth in a way i've done like four day shows showing adults how to use modular synths. I don't want to be mm-hmm. mean about adults, 
I'm just going to go out and say it was really nice to show kids yeah. how, like, mm. no one is more up for it and, like, buzzed and, like, has, a, like, the faces light up and they're just kind of up for trying things. And it's just, like, that innocence and it's it's new. I don't know. It, yeah. It's just I, way more, it's way more gratifying. I was like, I actually really enjoyed it. I was like, this was, I feel really glad, I'm really glad that I did this because definitely. it was, like, you know, it's it, you know, get paid to stand there and you know be there a whole day. But I was like, this was this was great. It was I, like yeah, so much fun. Yeah, because you, also also they're very responsive. So you you can feel you show them how to do something. Like you say, their eyes light up. Yeah, and then they take that further and they start to try and experiment that. So there's no inhibitions. Whereas absolutely. with an adult, they're like, oh, I don't want to look yeah, like well, an it's, idiot. It's or, like when I say to the adults, the adults would absolutely engage you and were interested in the system as well and were chatting. And you know, there were a bunch of adults that I showed it to, but definitely the kids are more up for it. And also, I think probably partly also i just harbor this like secret joy i hope that that kid might get into electronic music just because mm. of this little seed and i would literally i would do this i developed this routine where i was like all right we'll start off with the circadian rhythms i'll teach you how to put in a bass drum and you're putting in like a brutally hard like you know kick and it's just like gabba kick drum and it's like seriously killed it's not like a sort of poopy little like cubase like psr keyboard yeah, yeah and then yeah. it's like then putting some hi-hats we put in a hi-hat pan then i'll teach you how to use the like um the branches so that we can do some like generative stuff and have like the mm -hmm. hats did you hear how the hats will only go to one place if it's all the way counterclockwise and if you put it fully clockwise then it goes to a different place I'm like yeah yeah mm. either so you don't have to do as much now let's get on get a synth line going and they're like you know brown 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 and then it's like and then you get get the hands on the fills i'm like right you see this big dial right okay this is this is this is a, this is the frequency it's, control yeah, this is cutoff everyone loves welcome it, to the cutoff knob you've never ever played with a cutoff knob before but today you're going to like turn that do you hear that there's this magic point where it starts to make this kind of sound? Now turn up this one labelled resonance and now do that again very slowly. And it's like literally like forcing someone to like first experience an analogue synth like sweeping and sliding. Yeah. And then you hear, I'm like, can you hear that magic point where it really makes this lovely squelchy burbly sound? Now keep that moving while you push this switch to take the bass drum out. So... Take it out, but keep your hand on there. Don't move your hand. And mm. it's like, keep it, keep it, keep swirling that. Keep swirling, keep swirling. No. Now, when you're ready, flick that switch and mm -hmm. the bass drum will come back in. And then they do it. And then it's like this big smile on their face because they've heard like the drop. And then they're like, the come back in, which is just techno. It's just like, take the things out, put them back in. Yeah. Take them out, put yeah, them yeah. back in. Or like, well, you're not having that just yet. Yeah. Do yeah. you, yeah. you like the is. sound of that? You can have a little bit of but it. It's like, <laughs> even a little kid who've never listened to... And I literally on a couple of the little kids, I was like, the, the couple of kids were like, that was amazing. I really enjoyed it. I was like, that's called techno. <laughs> Write that down now. Techno. techno. You like... Big capital letters. You like Underline techno. <laughs> so I just want that kid to go back into their school on like Monday and be like, I'm into techno music. Like, damn right you are. Yeah. Damn right, kid. I like 
I don't like, I don't like Miley Cyrus. Miley, Miley fucking Cyrus. Yeah. I like techno music. Like, I th- good on you. Yeah, that was really gratifying because, like, um, yeah, I worked in community music for a long time as well, and like, it's so much fun working with kids. And we'd we'd work with neat children who are not yeah, in education, not in educational point. employment, so or it was training. pretty tough in South Wales doing that. But yeah. what I did was I made Maximus P patch uh, with a PlayStation controller. Nice. So they could control like reason. Yeah with the PlayStation controller, like the beats and, and the synth lines and the arpeggios and stuff. And that was such a great mm. in like access for them to get into electronic music. You know, they'd start off the session going, oh, oh I'm going to make music, we're doing yeah. some rapping. But the moment you showed them a PlayStation <clears throat> controller and the connection to the, the making like, music, like, yeah. yeah, the face lit up. And, it and it's, it's so also, much that's what I was getting at before with making a groove box, is especially with like Max MSP or Pure Data, although those things are probably not easy to get started with, well, they're not. The scope to build a like jamming system, if you can do it with a PlayStation controller, you don't need much. Mm. And also, like the things that I'm doing on the modular, I don't have that many immediate controls. I reckon you could totally build like an amazing roof box that was like software controlled. But it's basically, I'm just describing Definitely. the push. Just... I have, I have, I did, there is a really early video of mine, maybe it's eight or nine years old, where I made a thing called the Midiera Groove Box. Mm. And it was wicked. It was really, really good. Loads of bit crushing and sequency things and a ma- rooting matrix. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I often think <clears> I should go back to it. Um, it's like the, um, it. that um, Tim Exiles, like flow machine. Yeah. Um, yeah, Flow Machine is a really good example of that. It's just like an amazing groove box where it's just a couple of shitty Behringer controllers mm. and he's turned it into the most gratifying. I mean, he should just release that, but I know he won't because he's obviously like, you can, you can have elements of what I've done, mm. but you can't have the Flow Machine. Yeah, I think I'm he's built it from the ground I'm up, I'm a job if, if other people get the Flow Machine. Because I think there was a time when it was like Beardy Man and... At Beardy Man and Tim Exile were sort of doing a similar thing. Yeah. And they were sort of in the same ballpark. And Beardy Man, I think it was Sugar Bites, he's he paid them to like make his he's done a, like he's done a similar thing pounds, like in a iPod lots of di- basically turning their Sugar Bites plugins into a, a whole system. A system Whereas Tim Exile has essentially just done that himself. Yeah. You know, without any day, investment. Without involving sugar bites. It's yeah. taken him 10 years or whatever. I think he's brilliant. And he's also agreed to be interviewed. Oh, he's sweet. He's going to be hopefully in this series. Well, what I, what you, my question to Tim Exile to pay it forward is to ask him, I just want to understand the core of how it works and how to apply that. How can other people make a groove box out of a computer and a basic MIDI controller? Mm-hmm. Give people, arm people with enough knowledge to be able to make music in a gratifying way with a limited amount of controllers but a lot of software running behind the scenes because that would be cool yeah like, it's would... reactor isn't it you, yeah. you just need to really get your head around reactor. Right, like reactor blocks also that's like yeah if you're at all interested in the eurac thing is don't bother and just play with reactor blocks because mm-hmm. for like what 160 quid for reactor yeah you can legitimately build a, a modular groove box and very 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 easily assign midi controllers to those knobs and just build a generative algorithmic drum sequencer and you know where you can have like one macro controller that mm-hmm. will control 10 controls positively and negatively and sort of say i want more drums i want less drums those are the kinds of things that i'm doing with the, the modular it's like turn one dial and just get more of something mm-hmm. you can easily do that in software you just and you can just assign more midi controllers to it definitely and buy think... a load of shitty midi controllers it'll cost you you could spend 200 quid and buy like all of the 90s shittest MIDI controllers, but end up with a better, inter- do you know what I mean? Like a yeah. custom interface. Totally like, customised. Like I think rip, that's... rip them apart, you know. If, even if you just bought like 
10 UC16s, like the evolution controller, like mm-hmm. you'd end up with 160 knobs mm-hmm. and it would probably cost you about 100 quid. Yeah. So those things are a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> are they always on e- Is it the they're UC33s? They're yeah, always yeah, on eBay. The like, broke it. There's, they've always got oh, like problems. But um, yeah, definitely. I think that is, yeah, <clears throat> software. I think that's good advice is like, if you if you are interested in modular, then yeah, Reactor Blocks is if a really good introduction. 100%. Just to test the water. I mean, if you're interested in hardware, play with software first. But then, but just, you can so easily turn hardware, software into hardware with a basic, just think about the ways that you can macro assign, you know, uh, build your groove box and then just think, can I pair my groove box down to 16 controls and have a go at assigning 16 controls? You presume, mm-hmm. presume you can assign a MIDI controller positively and negatively to more than one thing in blocks. I don't know if you know the... Do you know what I mean? Um, so you can have like one controller that controls 15 different things. At I'm the same sure time. you can. I, you could definitely do that in Reactor. So I, I think Reactor's like, yeah. Because the then you can like for... have gain compensation on filters and things like that. You know, when you turn it up, it mm. both turns up the level and the resonance and stuff like that. You know, I you see. Can, yeah, to keep like a unified. Keep the levels sound about level, right. Even though you're going <clears throat> yeah. down in the, yeah. the cutoff filter. mentioned about having an <clears throat> earring problem yes which is it's maybe a bit of a taboo subject in the music it industry be. it's Let's something talk about it yeah um, because you're an idiot if you don't talk <laughs> about it because not talking about it's like basically this idea that i'm let me go on a rant that it's not cool to wear earplugs it's like and i'm going to parrot some of the things that other people have said because i agree with them mm-hmm. like n- if you stare at the sun you're a dickhead. Like, yeah. No one thinks that staring at the sun is cool. Yeah. Everyone thinks you're a knobhead. When Donald Trump stares at the eclipse, he's ridiculed on Twitter. Yeah. Um, even more so than normal. And quite rightly. Like, <laughs> quite rightly. And it's just like, and it's no different to listening to rinsing drum and bass at 130 decibels. You are doing the audio equivalent of staring into the sun. Mm-hmm. You know you'll burn your eyes if you stare in the sun. And you also know that you will damage your... Well, maybe we maybe we just not talked about it enough. You know, everyone says, oh, you know, you should protect your hearing. Like, protect your hearing. It's like, you know, it's important. But no, no, it, it really... Like, you actually probably have already damaged your hearing. Yeah, it's irreversible, isn't it? The problem is that you've... It's already happened, and it happened... Sometimes it can happen overnight if you're exposed to something very loud, but it will generally be a slow-creeping thing. Mm. And like that whole thing that, you know, if you put a frog in boiling water, or put a frog in cold water and make it boil, the frog doesn't feel that it's boiling. You don't know that you've damaged your hearing because it's already happened, and you're very used to hearing the damaged version of your own hearing, Mm -hmm. but you don't realise what you're not hearing. Yeah, and I think the brain adapts to it, doesn't it? It does. It will pick up things, but yeah, I guess so. But you don't hear those frequencies again. You just you just get used to not hearing them. Yeah, Um, that's true. Yeah. uh, But the the problem, like the the real issue, is that if it goes really south, you'll get things like tinnitus. So you'll get ringing permanent ringing in your ears and you will mm-hmm. never experience silence ever again yeah um so the, and i'll make it practical so well i'll talk the issues that i had was so um i was born with a cleft palate so that's when you know you have like that kind of hair lip thing where you've got like your lip is 
like split and stuff because you didn't your mouth basically your mouth starts off as this weird shape and then forms together mm-hmm. but it didn't form fully it actually wasn't my lip but it was in the back of my mouth right so if, if you ever want to see inside my mouth uh, you're very welcome <laughs> but um it's got i got scars a, a huge scar where i had 300 stitches when i was a little kid wow. um and that was when I was very young. And, um, and basically, like, literally when I was a little baby, I couldn't really drink milk and it was, like, snorting out my nose because it was just open in the mm. roof of my mouth into my nasal cavity. <clears throat> and so, and that's a real, obviously, that's an issue. You've got to get that sorted out. I had stitches, 300 stitches when I was three months old, sewed it together and gave me a roof to my mouth. I had, like, speech therapy when I was younger to make sure that I could talk properly and use my mouth because I do have a str- an oddly formed mouth so i had this cleft palate the problem with your ear nose and throat which is the reason that there is like a hospital that just does those things is that they're all connected so if something goes wrong with your ears then possibly it will affect your nose and throat and so mm-hmm. there's always a possibility that my ears were going to be screwed i had grommets in my ears when i was a little kid um and this is all very long-winded but the point is um there was always potentially going to be something wrong and it turns out that that thing is starting to happen, which is I went and got my ears checked out um, because I was mm-hmm. getting some earplugs, like professional earplugs fitted, which, by the way, is not that expensive, 120 quid, 130. Mm-hmm. And you can have some proper molded ones uh, that don't... To your own yeah, exact... To your own exact thing, so they're, yeah. they're comfortable. And also, just very quickly, if anyone is ever even is thinking, oh, I don't wear earplugs because they make music sound bad, just the same way that you've gotten used to your really damaged hearing, you can get used to earplugs. The mm-hmm. trick is don't put your earplugs in when you're already in the venue. Put them in 15 minutes before you get to the venue, I 15 minutes before you're in the room and you're actually in the environment. And it gives your ears a chance to acclimatise to the new 15, 20 dB reduced thing. And mm-hmm. it will then sound normal. Like, very good advice. Um, you're going to still feel bass because you feel bass through your physical body and it can still, you can get, you, if you get the professional ones, um, I used a company called Hearology in London, which I 100% recommend. Mm-hmm. Guy Vincent Oliver, just Hearology, Hearology. They are awesome. Um, and what they, what they did for me and they would do for you is you get a proper test you, they check all of the issues with your hearing. They give you a, a, like a readout showing you where the damage, if there is damage, what has occurred. And then they do these fitted things. They do like 3D scanning. And I basically almost become like a, a shill for them because I believe very strongly that you, you will too. If you it's go important. for that test yeah, and you, just get, you see a big notch in 4 to 8K like I've got, that is from wearing headphones. Um, <clears throat> and from like, like gigs other like prolonged exposure mm. the danger is that it can happen as well without um without it being necessarily a big loud thing um yeah, any, like... basically any well here's the like i don't i'm trying to like, think for a way of putting this that isn't really boring because it but it's really important my basically my other problem was that my because of my ear nose and throat my eardrums are always being pulled in all the time and I mm. thought, but if your eardrums are being pulled under tension because there's like a negative like vacuum in my nose, in my inner ear, I was thinking, oh, that probably just like affect high frequency. It will make it harder to hear high frequency, but it doesn't. Mm. It makes it harder to hear bass because your ears need to, your eardrums need to move the widest amount to perceive bass. Mm. And it turned out I had this slightly horrifying moment when he said that. And then I was like, what? 
And then I went home and I was listening. I basically got up Ableton. I got EQ8 out and I was playing. I could see all the frequency bands and I was did a high pass and was sweeping a really peaky high pass bass thing mm-hmm. around between 0 to 120, 250 hertz. And I couldn't hear the thing changing. I was like, you are fucking kidding me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'd, I'd masked it to myself because I'd been like, I would, playing music in a big venue you feel the bass as much as you hear the bass definitely so definitely. It, it masks it's a combination that. of the two and so it? i just had this moment i was like you're fucking kidding me i can't hear bass and i was like always counting on that being the one thing i would still be able to hear when i became an old person mm. but what's going to happen is i'm going to band pass mm. and i'm going to get more band passed as life goes on and i'm i'm just going to end up hearing this fucking narrow telephone like the world's just going to sound like a fucking telephone to me which is shit there is um, i've just been reminded I've just remembered there's a film, isn't there, called All Gone Pete Tong, which is about a huge DJ in, losing his in Ibiza losing his hair. Yeah. And he uses, at one point, he uses subwoofers on each foot ah, yeah. to mix the two records together. Well, this, so, so this is the other thing, is like a device that I thought was a gimmick when I first heard it, uh, or tried it, was the sub-pack, uh, which I've got, there's one over there. Um, mm-hmm. And that's because yep. what the sub-pack lets you do is it physically creates the sensation of bass in your, on your back from like naught to 150 hertz and that thing and it's it is in fairness really fun as well because mm. it just makes it turns headphone music making into like a visceral experience because you're like oh, i can actually feel the 808 kick drum it's, it is yeah. actually genuinely quite a good device like i would i would genuinely recommend buying one for the for just making music a bit more fun yeah but for me i it makes it means i'm able to perceive like low end issues so for example like the one practical thing is like i'm doing a video at the moment and i was mixing the video without wearing the sub pack and when i put the sub pack on i realized that all of the like bumps i've actually high passed this Mm -hmm. but all of the um super low end bumps of my hand touching like the gear i was transferring to the microphone and Mm. i couldn't hear it um but I could when I wear the sub pack, my back is like, <laughs> yeah, it's like kicking the shit out. It's of you. just like, it's just like, whoa, um, that's like the best eight oh eight bass drum in the world. Just like keep doing that, um, and it's like it it is allowing me to continue mixing and to mix probably more effectively than I was doing before because it represents frequencies I cannot hear. But well, it's brilliant. I think that's brilliant that you know there's there's a definite there's a very good thing that's come out of it. And I think also as a cautionary tale for other people, especially people with children, you know, when they're not aware of like looking after their children's hearing when it's forming. Oh, yeah. Well, the, it's the, also the funny so thing with that, the irony is that I see at festivals, you know, like, you know, Deershed and other festivals I've been to like this year, I see more parents putting headphones on their kids than ever. I don't see the parents wearing earplugs themselves. I'm like, mm-hmm. you, like, think about what you're doing. Like, it's a problem for your kids, but it's not a problem for you. And, and the, the real issue, the thing to communicate to anyone listening to this, is not about my base issue because that's not a problem you're going to have. Mm-hmm. But you will get the notch. So I've got a notch at four to eight k, which is about twenty dB, or maybe not that bad. It's like fifteen dB down, mm-hmm. and that is from headphone use and from. And it's so like when you're making music, it's like a slow thing. You just crank the headphone a bit. Mm. You crank the headphone a bit. 
bit more. We've all done <clears> it over the space over of an hour. evening. It's 2 a.m. and you yeah, take your headphones off, put them down, blasting. come back into the room and you can hear it almost as yeah. loud as it's on the... It's because like, as you listen to music, your ears basically compress. They like close up to protect themselves. So that's why you're turning it up is because you're overcompensating mm. and you're doing it bit by bit. Now, what the, the thing that you need to be aware of is like, what? how much is too much? Um, and basically the rule is 85 dBA for eight hours will cause damage. And like, how loud is 85 decibel A-weighted? It? It's not that loud. The, the best rule of thumb to work out if something is about 85 is do you need to raise your voice to be heard by someone else? Mm-hmm. That's a good... If you need to raise your voice, then it's probably over 85. And you, what you might know is you start thinking about what situations do I need to raise my voice? Like, yeah, I need to do it in a club. But I need to do it on yeah. the tube. The tube I need yeah. to do it in the street. I need to do it in the car over and like people at work in the workplace. I need to do maybe it at work, fan in my office, fan or something, just to hear. Mm. And it's like, and it's also the thing with dB is it's like a logarithmic scale. I'll probably get this wrong, but basically three dB extra over eighty-five. So eighty-five, six, seven, eight. Shit, maths. I have to count with my fingers. So eighty-eight dB. Mm-hmm. So if you can listen to 85 for eight hours, how long do you, can you listen to 88? It's half of 85, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, it's four hours. mentally. It's four hours and then 91, two hours and then so forth until you get to like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong because I'm just guessing, but like you get up to like 100 and something, it's, oh. it's then becomes 15 minutes and then it becomes like seven minutes, then two, then 30 seconds. Mm. And at the kinds of rates, like levels that clubs are run at as well, depending on where you stand, you are well within those those ratings. And it, it is... For, for till six o'clock in till, the morning. Till from, like six in the morning. Yeah. And, I, your I ears ring, and your ears ringing is... That means you've broken, you have damaged. Mm-hmm. And you won't... You, it, it's just only a matter of time as you keep doing that. I mean, it's important to say that people are all... I'm actually probably not even going to tell you this, but that... People are all different. Some people get lucky, but you're probably not one of those people. Mm. So just it's not Don't worth, it's not worth, one of those it's not worth finding out, is it? Yeah. So wear, ear, wear earplugs in the same way that you would wear sunglasses outside, but just put them in before you get into the club mm-hmm. and tell anyone who thinks that you're a dork for wearing earplugs to go fuck themselves. Good they're, advice. They I are, think it's definitely good advice. They are ends. It's like literally... Almost like saying... It's the cool kids in school, It's like the cool it? kids, like, you know, actually what we're all going to do today is, like, stab our own arms. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean you're not up for that? It's like, mm, so I don't want to yeah. do that. Where's your kicker's jumper? Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, oh, yeah, it's really good advice, that. Just, I think it's excellent advice. Like, if you go to, a, like, an audio, audio place, you can get a hearing test. Mm-hmm. With, you have to pay a bit of money for it, but it's worth it, and it will, it will tell you the difficult truth. And I mentioned it on mm. Twitter, and a few other people have done it subsequently. And I'm now seeing their posts as they have that notch as well. I see. And they're like, fuck. We all need to use our ears for our jobs, really, everyone who I'm talking to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's, there's, you know, it's, it is getting a more prevalent thing. And there are subscription models mm. where you can pay. And I think they give you, you know, really high-end earplugs. And um, yeah, so the, the, there's a lot of it's accessible now, yeah. whereas it didn't, like you say, it, used to, it yeah. wasn't. It was yeah, do uncool. it. It's yeah, otherwise you'll go deaf-ish. Mm. 
And then what kind of, what can you do? Just, just like braille music from then bass on? Me- I'd like that. It's always my idea is I could just make bass music. I could be like, because you could always really like... heavy in the yeah. underground. But then that's been taken away from me. So I'm going to be like the mid-range king. Yeah. I think that's the other thing to mention uh, that's uh, it's just been in my head is that um, like modern, modern electronic sort of EDM music that the kids are into, mm. loads of high frequencies, loads of harsh, yeah, high-end, harsh loads symbols. of... Yeah. white noise white noise almost throughout the whole track on a side chain so um even more so for the young people now with digitally produced high clarity music yeah like you're gonna it's you're gonna, gonna hear be, those it's frequencies. gonna happen quicker probably, they're probably cranking them because they already can't hear them <laughs> just, yeah i mean i did good thing. I, ridiculously <laughs> I, i've been back and played mixes of my own and i'm like oh my god there's so much bass like there's too much bass mm-hmm. in this because that was why you yeah. did to hear wow it. he really loves bass yeah that's like, just, like, just my signature <laughs> It's not like I can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, so you're doing I mean we all we all have different ways of like making money from music now obviously it's not like yeah the 90s anymore yeah so you have a thing called patreon which i'm sure everybody realizes is like a subscription model where people fund, fund your content explorations content funding yeah so what, what what's what's behind that what do you give to people um so it's basically it's like a kind of big digital tip jar so that people who like your stuff can give you money uh strangers on the internet can just send you money and actually interestingly predominantly a lot of them are american as well it's like where there is a tipping culture it's like i'll Mm -hmm. send you some money um and so it's a way of like monetizing you know a youtube channel or something like that and it's it's interesting because it 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 really like if you have a look at it i'm currently up to like 800 nearly 900 dollars a month on it and it's like given how niche like my channel is that's quite a lot of money. And to make that from advertising, I'd need to be like blowing shit up in slow motion, <laughs> doing some, yeah. something involving cats on a more regular basis. Something with a microwave. Like putting things, machine. putting synths in microwaves. <laughs> yeah. Just something. I'd be like, hey guys. I mean, I basically do that anyway. <laughs> like, I need to be like one of those, those people. Yeah. But it's like, it allows niche content makers to have like a legitimate source of income it definitely helps it, it mm. massively helps and it's like it's really expensive and it's just like i have had times when i'm like third night in the row of just working five solid hours making a video and it's like why am i doing this and why am i putting this much work into it mm. and actually it does it genuinely offsets that where you're like oh my god like no it's like legit like a second job like mm. these people are really appreciate it and they're sending money and that's how much they appreciate it. And therefore it incentivizes you to just make better shit. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I do like your approach because that your videos are very professional and, it's, and you're clearly spending a lot of time in the audio, the visuals and also um, articulating simple things. I would say that's kind of my, what I would say my own, my strength because I'm very sort of like blasé about my own knowledge because I'm self-taught. I'm not gone to like audio engineering school. I literally just started reading Future Music magazines when I was 16 mm-hmm. and just doing it and have done it and therefore, so a lot of what my knowledge is is very practical. I would say my strength is only in I can communicate 
and clarify things. So it's it's and it's only from having been shit at it and getting done it a lot that I'm like, mm, this is the better way of doing it. Do it like this. Yeah. And it's also being mindful of like the tone of your voice and like varying the tone a little bit. So it's not just like, hey guys, this is the the model two, and like <laughs> it's just like. Good as that information may be, I resent your tone of voice for making me sit. Right? Yeah, it just I, makes me want to kill myself. I think we've all started to watch a YouTube video that's about something that we want to we learn. We need to know and about. two seconds in, you just can't do it. You fucking can't just do fuck, it. Fuck, fuck that thing. I find the same with, um, in terms of like amazing intonation and clarity of, of passing of knowledge, James Wiltshire, who you mentioned yeah, earlier Yeah, he's got a great His videos voice. are just James, absolutely... hello, James Wiltshire. Yeah, it's, it's so, and the impetus and the gravitas behind what he's saying is amazing. So that's what there's, we're doing today. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way. I it's mean, like a children's like he could read children's books. He could type thing, exactly. Like. I said this to him. I was like, you know, your YouTube, kids you... must sleep so soundly. <laughs> yeah. like the stories, you... great story, Dad. You you fucking nailed that. <laughs> like, yeah. That pe- that was the best Peter and the Wolf ever. <laughs> ever. Yeah. So I, I think uh, yeah, I just, it is, just it to is mention, good, I'm from the it, other the opposite end of yeah. the YouTube spectrum which is literally I've just got it working record yeah. it say some shit and put it on the internet and the, and then yeah it's just it's just pretty much a waste yeah, of time still people around, are interested it? in good content like you said like people are still watching your R8 video it's like exactly but, but I don't talk in it I think yeah, okay. I, and this is what I mentioned to James is that my videos where I don't talk but you're doing really, it right now you really can good. you can talk you've got a voice I can't I, I, I'm I, afraid I, I don't I can't I, I can't edit videos with my own voice or anything like that, but I think doing these interviews... To, you good. become like one of those pricks who like sound of their own voice. Yeah, don't exactly. Don't happen. Uh, <laughs> you start off... Hey. Like, <laughs> oh, God, don't I sound great? It's like, oh, you're not Terry Wogan anymore, okay? <laughs> um, but it's... Um, yeah. Yeah, the, but, but that, that genuinely is quite good. Like, the Patreon thing, that's allowed, like, a niche audiences to make... Well, niche content to be valid. Because it is super small, like... The, there are mm. not that many views available for Eurorack makers. So to sort of, to justify the amount of time that goes into it, it's really, really, really helpful. Um, so what else to say about it? But yeah, well, you were saying sort of what else you add. I mean, you just try and add, try and give people some bonus or give them some, I mean, I am trying every, you know, every month there is something extra for the people who will like support you. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just to make like, people just, give you the stuff it's just amazing i think mm. they're just I very generous could, i guess kind. you could give away like some of your synth presets or yeah some it depends some not everyone's got of... the thing yeah yeah it's, that's true it's deciding it? what it's I... just deciding what has value it's like yeah and it's got to be broad for everyone you something don't that everyone just... can get something from yeah. um, there's loads of ideas but it, it can be done and the only thing yeah it's interesting and i wonder about because the thing i'm not doing is i'm not making music <laughs> i mean i am making music to a small extent um, but actually, that is something I wanted to talk about, which is I am working on like a release. But I've been working right. on releases for sixteen years, mm-hmm. and that's I, I am one of the worst people. I might be really good at doing videos and stuff, but I'm really bad at finishing and releasing music. Yeah, and like you, you can have one and the other, I'm sure. But it's just what was I trying to say? Um, basically. It, one of the things I was reading about was like, you know, I'm looking at the kind of, you know, people releasing music and the way that it's done these days. And you think, you know, if I release, well, people like my videos, but if I release music, at least I can piggyback on the success of my videos to say that I've almost got a platform from the inside out. Mm. And it's it's interesting. I think there may be 
that it may be interesting to people to hear that. I have had comments Definitely. where people are like, I'd really like to hear your tunes because I am effectively making mm. music in the videos. But the, the weird thing about that, isn't it? I read a comment which kind of struck me where someone said, it's really hard to become a successful musician in the 21st century for not already a personality. Mm. Like, what do you do if it's just the music? Like, can you be that good that you'll become a star just from music alone? Or do you have to effectively be like a bit like Prince and be also the kind of the personality, the person, Mm. and and almost have something else? Because it's this onus on everyone has to be like their own marketing department in order to have a successful release. How are you going to get noticed? Yeah. And and in, in a certain way, everyone is their own PR company anyway with things like Facebook and social media. You are sort of regulating on what's going to work and what isn't going to work. But yeah, um, Cheryl Panera, who I interviewed um, first, that was in the first podcast, she said that every time she goes on stage, it, she knows it's a performance. It's yeah. not. She's not just playing bass and just filling the bass, you know. She makes sure she's that when herself. she's playing live, it's a performance, so it's a yeah. spectacle, you know. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's that's now something that's uh, integral. But, but it's, um, it's, yeah, you've got to do it. Otherwise, how are you going to get noticed in this sea of other people doing the same thing? Yeah, I think uh, for me, I think the best thing to do is do your thing, and and if it's what people end up liking, then mm. that's perfect. You do have to. I, I don't definitely have to just make music to please yourself. There's no other person you should please. And yeah, it's like, don't the, try the more, and... The more you please yourself, the more it will also be... Like, I always find it weird when people say that certain a musician's music is indulgent. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that's just a bizarre thing to say. Like, of course it's indulgent. They're indulging their own their musical fantasies. That's literally yeah. what them being a musician is all about. And if yeah, you don't allow them the to do end? that, then it, they're what's, just like a library musician. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. What's the other end of like um, indulgent? It's just bland, isn't it? Yeah. So you want to be somewhere in between. You don't want to be on the bland side. You want to. Well, just like, gone, like the other end is like, love me, love recording. me. Won't you love me? Why don't you love me? It's just like I thought you'd love this. <laughs> yeah. It's like no one. Wants... You like the riser? I've got to put a riser in, oh, and I've on. got white noise. Yeah, All the things you said, you like them. <laughs> like no one wants to see that. Give me me indulgent any day. That's fine. Yeah. Cool. And just one last thing, just to tie it it up with. I I think, I don't know, um, for me, like the modular thing and a few of the things we've talked about, um, about like you're making music uh, YouTube videos and and getting to where you are. It's like trial and error, isn't it? I think that's one thing the modular is all about. It is just doing it a lot. Will that go in there? No, and it won't or it will. It's like the only like... I don't know what's the best thing to leave people with. It's just like it, it, like making electronic music in whatever form you choose to do it is basically like one of the best hobbies, I think. Just because it's something Absolutely. like wanking that you can do alone. <laughs> and it's great. It's always great. No, um, uh, yeah. Just making sure the tone, we Should end we with end the, with the lowest note? tone. We're all a bunch of complete wankers. <laughs> Don't you pretend any other. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, we all like, know that it's, it's like the best hobby because you can do it w- on your own in a room. Like many music, other, many other music great, yeah, we are talking about, about music, <laughs> and that's it's amazing. It's like you can, and also it's this thing that you can make. There's something I said before, like you can make something bigger than yourself, which is like a really weird phrasing where it's just like it always amazes me when you play back a piece of music that you've made. And you're like, wow, this is like like a 
proper piece of music that mm. I would listen to someone else make, but I made it. Yeah, and it's did very, I make it? And it's very gratifying because that can happen very quickly and you can do that within a, a space of two hours. You can sit down and there's nothing and at the end of two hours you've got this experience that you've created um, mm. and you can make that easier or harder for yourself. But if you just like enjoy that process it's it's the best thing ever it's like just keep doing it and but only do it to please yourself definitely mm-hmm. like you shouldn't i mean it's a very easy thing to say because we all are harboring desires to become famous and loved and all of these things but ultimately it just is a very gratifying hobby because it's something like it, it's it's like filmmaking but to make a film is a lot more work yeah. um you know <laughs> to write a play and put it on it's a lot more work and it requires a lot more people whereas making music is one of the kind of few hobbies that you can achieve a lot of just one person like you know you can be a writer and a poet but their poets probably is a writer a lot bigger whereas making music's a pretty good hack it's like somewhere in the middle <laughs> it's like just easy enough that anyone can do it yeah. and it's it's something a lot everyone loves so you've got an audience mm. um and, you know, it's just, it's a very gratifying thing to do. And it doesn't matter how you do it. Just, just do it. Don't stop talking about doing it. Stop thinking about what gear you use because it really doesn't matter. Mm. It's like, you know, it really doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't. And it will genuinely only distract you to just buy loads of analog shit it will just take your eye off the prize yeah unless you're doing it with a very 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 clear system like i want to have that that and that and i'll use those three things to make this ep that i'm calling the that that and that ep mm. that's a valid way of using hardware i think is like and that's something that i've been thinking about in the wake of trying to finish this body of music is like well, maybe end with this very quickly is like some tenets on finishing music which is a subject i'm not qualified to speak so i haven't done it okay. but i'm just going to say thing other things other people have said is don't write music arbitrarily without a project in mind because mm-hmm. you'll just end up littering your hard drive with this homeless these orphans that, that don't have a place yeah, yeah 10 second loops <laughs> or like genuinely good finished pieces of music but you have to be like working backwards in this like needle in a haystack of trying to make them fit as a oh, I've tried it it's mm. really hard to make 200 tracks whittle them down to seven and make them fit it's much better to just write in a time period where you're in a certain headspace yeah. and just yeah. write for a project so come up with a project give it a name do the cover if you have to and then finish the music mm. and for finishing music you know the whole adage is the ad- adage is that the work expands to fill the time available. You know that one? Mm-hmm. It's true. And if you don't have a deadline, the work will expand in forever. Yeah, exactly. So give yourself Give a yourself deadline. a deadline. Yeah. But here's the trick to having a deadline, is it can't be just you know, Tuesday, I'll finish it. Make a bet with your best mate that you'll pay them 100 quid if you don't make the deadline. Mm-hmm. And that they... Or like you can sleep with my girlfriend if I don't do it. Something yeah. ridiculous. But it's got to be. I think it's got to be money. Yeah, <laughs> probably money is better than just turning your girlfriend into a sort of strange like debt prostitute. That that's probably not so great. Yeah. But, but set good an, incentive to finish set, the music. Yeah, exactly. Though, isn't it? It's just like that, I love if her. That was the case. <laughs> but um, actually, love I love I you. Him. I don't want you to. Don't want this to happen. 
Sam, wherever he's been. Exactly. You don't want them. I'm doing it for you. And then you have a chance that you you don't want to lose that money. Yeah. It works. It really works. And then just set a deadline, but write for a purpose is not my idea. It's stole that from Chris Randall. And write for it to a deadline. And then, but I think it's really, I really, really love that idea of putting some kit together for a project. I mm. think that's really nice. It's like, I'm going to use just a TX7 or a FB01 to write this project. I think that's mm. awesome. But you need to just stick to that yeah. and do it and, and start a little folder and set a little mental note that when you've got enough music and just don't be that precious about it. The other Definitely, thing. I think that's important, isn't it? Don't, gonna, don't. Don't profess to know it all at any point. No, and just just what, just you just do, set yourself up. Tell for yourself four. to say fuck it. So, I mean, that's what the deadline is going to do because you'll just have to say fuck it. It is done. But music is never finished. It's abandoned. Is the mm. old joke. But what I was going to say. The other thing is a couple of other practical things that I've gotten wrong is don't whatever you do when you finish a piece of music it's the best thing you've ever written and you love it more than anything and what you want to do is keep listening to it because you're obsessed it's like this mm. new little toy i can oh wow i made that i made that yeah. i'm gonna listen to it so but what you must not do is export a wave file an mp3 it, and then stick it on your phone and cane it <laughs> over the next three days <laughs> Don't do that because what you'll do is you'll ruin it for yourself. You'll get bored of it. Yeah. You'll you'll. But the problem is mm-hmm. you'll probably come up with a load of good ideas when you're not near your computer to do anything about them. Definitely. So yeah. what you should do is stay hungry for that tune. Don't export it, but come back the next evening because you'll be desperate to hear it again because you'll be so excited about it. And it's like you know you you know that feeling, and then. Play it back with your eyes closed and make a list of notes as you do it. Mm-hmm. Like that bit there. Two minutes, 23. Exactly. There needs to be a yeah. riser. I do the same thing. And then thing. there needs to be a sick drop there. Definitely. Like, <laughs> but do that in a list and then stop. And don't... This I stole from Mike Monday, so I'm saving you from like signing up to his stupid mailing lists <laughs> in order to get that. But try not to listen to it more than two times. I think it's a really good bit of advice. Yeah. But do it in this session... And don't do it when you're in front of the computer and you can actually do something about the tune, you know, and actually make those changes. Yeah. And then listen through. Another bit of advice yeah. I got from a guy who was in uh, Wire, band Wire. It's like um, punk band. Colin he, Newman's the lead Colin singer. Newman, yeah. He was, it was, he Colin. was at Holy Fuck yesterday. Yeah, I, it was, was Colin. There. I interviewed Colin Newman. And he, oh, wow. he said, he's like, he listens to music. When he does takes, he doesn't do them as loops. He does a full take from start to finish. So he'll play an element completely from start to finish. So it's a full performance with the natural flow that happens. Yeah. And what he doesn't do is he doesn't loop sections ad infinitum because mm. it's really blinding when you do that as well. It like blinds yourself to the wider context Especially of the tune. Especially if you get used to doing it Absolutely. for all of your tunes. Because you can almost make like any a... loop work. Even if it's shit, it will sound good if you loop it. That's techno in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, That's yeah, how my, my live modular works is that I can just loop infinitely and it'll always sound good if you repeat something. I think, yeah, that's what Surgeon said, wasn't it? If you do something once, it's a yeah. mistake. If you do it four times, it's a yeah, phrase. Yeah, I love that. Because that was, I was like, shit, man, the cat's out of the bag. Like, I know this works because that's what I'm doing with my modulars. I'm making something random up and just letting it loop and then it becomes a thing. Yeah. But the problem with that is you lose the context. And what you should do is what Colin Newman says. And I don't do this, but I need to do it. It's always start playback from the beginning of the tune and listen as a whole 
till you get to the point you're working on. And then you, you can take it in the context of everything that's come before it and go, right, this, I know now this is what needs to happen. Mm. Because if you just loop in isolation, it's like you're on this musical island and you don't know where you've come from and where you're going. Does Definitely. that make sense? Absolutely. But don't, basically, the, the biggest one for me that I've learned in the last, last m- couple of months is don't listen, don't export your tune and listen back. It's a really good trick. The other one, um, finally, I won't go on about too much, is um, monitor quiet. And not, yeah, not only to protect absolutely. your hearing, but apparently, and I'm, I'm bad, at, bad at this anyway, but because I always end up creeping up, that's why I've got shit hearing. Mm-hmm. But it, it helps the mix. If you're monitoring quieter, it forces you to be more careful about the balance. Definitely. Because, and loudness yeah. is gratifying. Loudness is almost a, a, a hack. A characteristic on its own. It's a char- it? And yeah, it, it can allow shit music to sound better than it, it deserves to be. Mm-hmm. That's but, definitely apparent with my music. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, turn it up. Oh, it's, I really like it. The day you discovered the like hard limiter was a good day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the what's it, automatic gain control. You think the that's good for like out. five years, don't yeah. you? And then realise, yeah, no. Yeah, sounds so good. Cool, yeah. thank you very much for thank talking you, to me. Mate. Thanks for having me in my house. Oh, it was really good to talk to Mylar Melodies. Uh, he's such an interesting guy, and I think you can tell from the interview there we had quite a lot of stuff in common, which was really great. We had we just covered every single subject in the history of electronic music, I think. Okay, next month I'm going to be talking to someone who is retailing synthesizer products, DIY kits, and all kinds of Eurorack items. So tune in next month. It should be out at the beginning of April. I am Midiera. This is Midiera Meets. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you again soon.